Hello, this is Jensen Franklin, and thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. Our goal is to provide you with biblically-based teachings that will challenge, inspire, and equip you to live for Jesus. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead and subscribe today to this podcast so you can get the latest updates from us and you don't ever have to miss a new message. Let's go right into the service recorded at Free Chapel. I believe it's going to bless you today. If you have uh, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open them with me to the book of Job chapter 38. In just a few moments, we're going to uh, lay our hands on every person who wants to be prayed for as we conclude the 21-day fast. And uh, this is a special day. It's a joyful day. It's a day of celebration. Some of you are looking shocked at me that I have a beard. And uh, that says you, you might ought to show up a little more often. Is what that I don't know what to say if you're shocked about it. Uh, somebody went through the prayer line and grabbed me and hugged me and said, I like that beard. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, um, but um, I don't know. I, 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 just, I just believe today for miracles. Just believe today. Some people said to me, and we were, we were just as packed as we are here today in the nine o'clock, and we laid hands on people for almost an hour, and um, I, I do not dread it. It is the greatest joy. It is, I can't explain what it does to me as a pastor to, to get to pray for the sheep and to bless them. And boy, sometimes when people are going through, I may not know their name or even their face, but I just hear the Lord just saying, say it over them, speak it over them. And it's a beautiful, this is one of the most look forward to services of the year for me personally. I really believe too in the spirit of the Bible said that when hands are laid on you, that you stir up the gifts. He said, stir up the gifts through the laying on of hands of the presbytery. And there's something about having men and women of God lay their hands on you. Uh, that is, it's, is significant. It's one of the, one of the doctrines of the church is the laying on of hands found in, by the apostle Paul. It's not a light thing. And you need to let the gifts be stirred in you. The, the gifts and talents and dreams and seasons of God and direction of God, leading of God, all of that can be stirred up through the laying on of hands, stir up miracles, stir up open doors. Not because we're anything. I'm nothing. I'm just like you. I am just like you. But I'm called. I didn't call myself. I didn't, and I've tried to quit a bunch of times, and he won't let me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord here today. This, uh, this fast has been very powerful in my life. There's something that, as I was telling them in the nine o'clock, the sermons have just study and it's been different. It's been like a, a tuned in. It's been easier. I almost hate to end it. Almost. <laughs> but there is a side of it that I hate to end. It's like 
is so precious that you're hearing him. You know, you just hear him. And it was, it's just been easy. And uh, that's how it is when we let Jesus take over. He said, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. We put so much on our back and try to make things happen when all we got to do is take it to him. Open your Bible and look with me. I'm going to preach 20 minutes and then we're going to lay, lay hands on people. They're already counting. I'm actually down to 17. They didn't even let me get my verse out. Job 38 and verse 22. This is a revelation that I want you to never forget. Almost wish it would bring a snowstorm this week just to back it up. Amen. Listen to this. Verse 23. Have you entered the treasury of snow? Or have you seen the treasury of hail, which is rain that is frozen into ice? Which I, this is God speaking. He's speaking to Job, which I have reserved. Everybody say reserved. You know what that word means? It means there's, there's a treasury of snow that is stored up and reserved for what? For the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war. I'm preaching today on the, have you entered the treasury of snow? I'll explain that in just a moment. Isaiah 55 and verse 8 says that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And his ways are not our ways. That is higher than the heavens are above the earth. So are his ways higher than yours and his thoughts greater than yours. And then he goes on and he says that his promise is like the rain. It's like snow from heaven. Isn't that something? And it does not return there, but to water the earth. And then he goes on and he says, it shall not, speaking of his word, it shall not return void, <clears throat> but it shall accomplish that which I please. Thank you, Lord. That what God promises you, it cannot fail. It will not return void. And then, then he goes on and says, it will accomplish the thing which I please and prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. One more quick verse, Isaiah 45 in verse 3. He said that the promise that I give you, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches in secret places that you may know that I am the Lord. Hidden riches and 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 hidden riches in secret places, treasures of darkness, meaning there, there are things that in the word of God that you don't see, it's a mystery or it's hidden, but I'll give you revelation. And I believe today he's going to give you one of those revelations because as snow and as it rain, his word comes down off out of the heavens and he says, now have you entered the treasures of the secret place? Have you entered the treasures that I have for you? The treasures, the treasury of snow. What strange wording Job 38 is. One more time, I'm going to read it. Have you entered, Job 38, 22, the treasuries of snow that I, the Lord God, have reserved against the time, timing, of trouble against the day of battle. See, what he's talking about is snow is a metaphor 
of spiritual snow, which is something that comes down once you send, once you send it up in prayer. Snow, the treasury of snow is prayer and praise and worship that we do. It's what we've been doing for the last 21 days as a church. We have been snowmakers. We, and I'll show you this very clearly in the scriptures. We store it up. Listen, for the time of trouble. We take the first three weeks of a new year and we fast and we pray and we take the word of God that will not return void and we study it and we spend extra time in it and we read it. And in doing so, you're filling up the treasury of snow, just like a mountain peak, just like, uh, you know, how snow accumulates on a mountain peak and it's there during the winter. But there will come a season of change. A change season will come. The season will change. And when the sun starts shining down, it starts warming. And something happens because there is a treasury of snow. That which is stacked up and piled up and gathered. It's amazing that you can store up prayer just like snow stores up on mountain peaks. And when the season changes, the snow begins to melt and it turns into water and the streams begin to flow and the river comes from the snow on the mountain and the more snow, the more flow. If you don't have any snow stored up in the treasury of snow, there'll be no flow in the time of trouble. Did you, did you hear the word in the time of trouble? You're storing stuff up for the day of battle. You're storing stuff up so that when the enemy comes like a flood, you've got something stored up waiting on him. And God says, I will have my people prepared for whatever comes their way. And there is this connection, you see, because snow collects. Snow, if, if you read about it, um, it, has, it has six points. The snowflake, just like the star of David. I'm not making this up. You can check it out. If you look under uh, a microscope, that's what you will see, just like the Star of David. And it collects. It, the reason that's important is because it connects very easily with other snowflakes. And, and it's not just one snowflake you don't have to worry about. But if enough of them get together, just one little tiny snow gets with another and gets with another and gets with, it can mess up a Mack truck. It can stop a Mack truck. And that's like prayer. You know, sometimes we get so tired of praying for the same thing. And it, it, sometimes it's months that you pray for the same thing and nothing happens. Pray for the same thing. Nothing happens. But what you're doing, you got to see it, is you're filling up the treasury of snow. You're, every time you, during this fast, Lord, I praise you. I call my children's name, my grandchildren's name. I'm storing up snow. Here's another piece. And here's another snowflake. And here's another snowflake. And here's, and, and sometimes you got a grandmother that's been praying for 30 years. Years, or a granny or a mother like I've got that's been praying for 50 years. And I, I don't just get I, my, my snowflakes get mixed in with her snowflakes and, and, and you get a whole family praying and everybody's get, getting like, like this glacier thing going on on the top of the mountain. 
but it feels like nothing's happening. It feels like in the winter that everything's barren and everything's cold and I don't feel nothing and I don't see nothing. Some of you are disappointed that nothing's happened on the fast. Not one thing. All you've done is just let your stomach growl. And you said, God hadn't changed one thing. You've been storing up snow. If you don't have a collection, listen to this. If you don't have a collection of yet to be answered prayers in the treasury of snow, there'll never come a river of flow. It'll find another tributary that'll go into someone else's place. But if you don't have anything stored up, don't expect a flow without any snow. The more snow, the more flow. There's this collective gathering that creates the glaciers. In heaven, every prayer we pray is like snow. Do you know where the river of God comes from? The snow of God's people that they are praying. Jesus wouldn't have told us to pray if it didn't work. Jesus wouldn't have told us to give. He would have just said, just case, Sarah, Sarah, whatever it would be. It doesn't really matter if you pray or if you don't about the situation. But if you ever start praying for your daddy, if you ever start praying for your mother, if you ever start praying for your son, if you ever start praying for your daughter, if you ever start praying for your family and you keep on doing it, and sometimes it's stored up for generations, some you, those people may pass. Those people like my dad may die. They may go on to heaven, but the prayers that they prayed are, the Bible said, every tear is bottled in the book of Revelation. Every tear you have ever, God keeps up with that liquid stuff and the snow, he turns it into snow. And at some moment, the season's going to change. And, and, and I don't know when this year, but You'll forget about the fast, but you stored up some things on this fast. And over in March and over in April and June and, and July and August and September and November, somebody will be getting married. And December, somebody will get a breakthrough. And I don't, You just don't understand that God cannot forget the treasury of snow. And the question is, have you entered into it? Because it's powerful, the flow is coming if the snow is gathered. Rivers will begin to flow. Rivers of deliverance. I claim rivers of deliverance over this church this year. That there will be services where God will deliver people from drugs and alcoholism. God will deliver people from gender confusion. God will deliver people from lies and deception. God will deliver people from suicide and self-hatred and, and, and desiring to, to, to just kill themselves prematurely. I'm telling you, there is a river of healing. There is a river of deliverance, the river of God. There is a river of family salvation and miracles. And we have been storing up the snow so the flow will find this house, our house. Somebody give the Lord a praise for that if you believe it. Store it up in the spirit realm. Make snow peaks over your family. A snow peak, a prayer. What are you doing? You worship every time you worship. Every time you praise God, every time you open that book and read it, you're storing up snow. You're storing up snow. Keep doing it. Turn to somebody and say, you got to store it up. We can't give up. We can't get weary. Paul put it like this. 
Pray without ceasing. Just keep on praying. You don't have to be around a lot of people. Just every time you think about them and start to worry about them and start to say, oh God, what, 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 no, no, no. Just pray for them. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just call their name out right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And that prayer will connect with another prayer. will connect. And, and this is what happened in the book of Acts chapter 10. Cornelius, the Bible said, made a memorial before the throne of God. He, he created, I'm going to use my own terminology. He created a, a, a ice palace <laughs> with his prayers and with his giving. It came up before God as a memorial. I want you to think about that. When I think of a memorial, I think about the Jefferson Memorial, the Lincoln Memorial. And God himself said, I can't see around this pile this snow peak, this guy has stacked up so much giving, so much worship. All of it was worship. Giving is worship. All of it is worship. Praise is worship. Hallelujah. Confessing the word of God, speaking the word of God, listening to the word of God is worship. Uh, reading the word of God is worship. Whatever it is, God turns it into snow. And he says, the more you stack up and store up, it, the Bible said that it became so big in heaven that it was like a huge memorial before God. And God said, well, I got to get rid of some of this ice up here. So I'm going to change the season. Now you think about what I'm saying. And that one man prayed and stored up so much snow in the treasury. And he had his family name on that memorial because this blessing didn't flow to the church. It flowed to his physical address. If you read Acts chapter 10, no Gentile, only Jews had heard the gospel and received Christ and been filled with the Holy Spirit. But one man prayed and when the, when God began to melt the snow, it started flowing to one guy's house who has prayers had become like a memorial. And the Bible said that he poured the Holy Spirit out on him and his house. And this was the beginning of the Gentile miracle that to this very day, this very service, this very moment, had that man not filled up the treasury of snow and God found a way to let it flow and we would not be a part of the body of Christ because we were Gentiles lost without God. But here we stand, children of the covenant, because one man prayed. Pray without ceasing. Pray when nothing happens. Praise when nothing happens. Praise when you don't feel worship, when you don't feel anything. Oh, you're never wasting time. You're filling up the treasury of snow. And if there's snow, it's a matter of time. You look outside. I love that we do this at the beginning of the year, right in the middle of freezing weather. It was as cold as it gets the last two weeks. But you, you know what the Lord told me yesterday? He said, tell them the best time, the best time to pray is when it's cold. Spiritually speaking, when, when everything's withered up and died. You look at those trees. If you, if you saw these trees in the springtime on this property, they're gorgeous. They're, they, some of them are fiery red. Some of them are beautiful, beautiful. But right now, if you go outside and you walk on the side, they, that's the best time to pray. 
Because you're storing it up, storing it up, storing it up so that when the season changes, because there will come a change of season. It may feel like your family tree is withered up. It may feel like your finances are withered up. It may feel like your dreams are withered up. It may feel like there's no way this thing can live. There's no way God can turn my life around in the situation. Yes, he can. And that's what happens when a church and your, and your snowflake joins my snowflake. Come on. I'm not just fighting this by myself, but we're all in a very, very good place. We got a big old mountain, a big old peak up in heaven called Free Chapel. And we're saying, Lord, pour it out on us until the river of deliverance and healing flows through our homes, through our cities, through our nation, and to our world. I need somebody to give him a praise. I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. I got to finish it. In Psalms 147 in verse 15, listen to this. This is amazing. He sends his commandment to the earth. And here's what it's like. It's like it's running very swiftly. His word, there'll come a moment when he sends, he changes the season and he gives snow. The next verse says like wool and he scatters frost like ashes and he casts out his hail like morsels. And then he asks a powerful question. And the only question is it's coming. The flow's coming because the next verse says he melts the ice. Uh, he, he sends his word. Go, no, go back, go back, go to the one you just had. He melts it and he melts it. He sends his word and he melts it and he causes the wind to blow and the waters to flow. It's coming. Now go back to the last question. But the only question is who can stand before his cold? Who can stand, who can stand in the cold? Who won't give up in the cold? Who won't quit in the winter? Who won't quit when you don't see nothing, you don't feel nothing? He said, I promise you the rain is coming. I promise you I'm going to melt the snow peak and the snowflakes that you sent up and they've connected and turned into a glacier. I'm going to melt it in my season, in my time. The only question is who will stand the cold? Who will keep sending it up when nothing's happening? I don't know about you. But I feel real happy in my soul because I'm going to stand the cold. It may get cold, but the atmosphere for prayer is in cold times. If you want snowflakes, you need some cold. So that's the time to really pray when it's tough and hard, not when you're seeing miracles everywhere, not when the river's flowing, but when you don't see anything, you keep on praising. That's when you really get into praise. That's when you really start. I know it was the blood. Hallelujah. You're sending it up. You're sending it up. You're sending it up. So I was going through some of my notes this week. Bill, if you'd come to the piano and, um, about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I, I was asked to preach at the Brownsville Revival every Friday night for about a year. And I did it. And, um, and it was amazing. But I came in on the end of the revival, like the last two years. The revival, many of you may have never heard of the Brownsville Revival, but it, it was a revival that broke out in Pensacola, Florida. Listen to this. And it went seven years <laughs> And it had 3 million people. This was before, you know, internet live stuff, all that. All they had was VCRs and stuff like that. But, but, but it went seven years and they had 7 million people physically go through the revival and over 3 million saved. 
And, uh, and even, even toward the end, when I was preaching uh, on a Friday night, I'd fill in for the evangelist. And the place would be packed. It's very much a church like this, this size, about the same size. But Pastor Kilpatrick, I asked him one time, and I found this in some of my notes. I could not believe it. It was so detailed. But I said, uh, you know, how did the revival start? And this is how he said the revival started. He said, uh, he said the church that I went to pastor, the Brownsville Assembly of God, part of the Assemblies of God, he said, he said, it was, it was in division. I don't know any other way to say it. And he said they were having church fights and church divisions and criticizing, attacking one another. And he said it was terrible. And he said, I, he said, I, I prayed and, and he didn't get any better. And, and, and he said, it just went on, went on. We just kind of bumped along, we just bumped along and people fussing and fighting with one another. And he said, I felt impressed of the Lord to do something. He said, I, and I had all this in my notes. He said, I, I felt like I was supposed to do a Sunday, cancel Sunday night service and do a one hour Sunday night prayer meeting. And he said, I put flags out in the sanctuary on Sunday night in different sections of the church. And those flags would represent prayer place. You go there to pray for this. Like one would say healing and one would say Israel and one would say finances and one would say family and one would say, you know, direction or the will of God. And so the people, and, and he said, he said this, he said the first night that he had a prayer meeting, he had three show up his, he, he himself, his wife and three people. Y'all do a little bit better than that. I, I'll tell you that, but, but three people, three people. Think about just three snowflakes and they would walk around and he said, we just kept doing it. We just kept doing it. And he said, a few more trickled in, a few more trickled in. He said, after about six months, we had several hundred people that were regularly praying. And he said, we just for one hour, people would go from one prayer station to another, to another, to another. And we prayed for one solid year. And, and, and he said, and nothing happened. Nothing and he said he got so discouraged. This is how the revival started, that he was so discouraging. If you know Brother Kilpatrick, and I do, I, I was with him every Friday night for about a year, so I know him very well. He's a, he's a, um, he's a godly, godly man, but he's a little bit almost like an old prophet or something. He's a little bit moody, and, and you, can't, you can't really read him. You never know what you're going to get, but a great man. I mean, an awesome man of, man of God. And he was in one of those moods where he called up a guy named Steve Hill, who was a full-time evangelist. And he said, I'm so discouraged because people like that, they have highs and they have lows. <laughs> and he said, I'm so discouraged. I can't even study this weekend. I don't even want to preach. Steve, will you just come in and fill in Sunday morning? Maybe we can get through the weekend. And he called a guy named Steve Hill. And Steve Hill came with a sermon and just preached. At the end, nothing really happened during it. He said, I didn't even remember what he preached on. But he said, he said, he said, I'm going to pray before. And he called people down. He said, I'm going to pray before we're dismissed. And I'm just going to stand over here and lay my hands on some people. And he prayed this powerful prayer. And that was it. And then the evangelist stepped down and Kilpatrick said, because I was the pastor, I knew I had to walk down there too. Really didn't want to. 
And he said, he stepped down the steps and he said, when I got to the bottom floor, he said, I stepped off the last step and he said, it was like I stepped into a river and I could feel it coming up to my ankles. And he said, it scared me. And I looked down and then he said, I cried out these words, my Lord and my God. And he said, when he said that, the glory of the Lord came. And he said, I felt my knees buckle. And he hit the ground on his face. And that was the start. The people, it came like a river, just like Ezekiel. And Ezekiel, knees, you know, remember the, Ezekiel 47, the knees, it started ankle deep, knee, knee deep, waist deep, and then waters to swim in. The Holy Spirit began to take over that church. And seven million people were touched. Many, many, many filled with the Holy Ghost. But three million born again. All because, think about this. You never know when you're sending up your last snowflake before avalanche. Somebody shout avalanche. Wouldn't you like to proclaim that over your family and over everything you've been fasting and, and over our church, over America, over the world? My God, we need an avalanche. And you never know. One more prayer. One more hallelujah. One more, I just believe, Lord, for my child. In Jesus' name. And one snowflake and it all comes crashing down. That river is in this church. Say amen, somebody. I really want to say thank you for joining us this week. If you haven't already, make sure you click on the subscription button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people when you comment, when you give us your feedback. For more messages and inspirational materials, download the Jensen Franklin app, or you can head over to jensenfranklin.org. I want to thank all of you who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.